Welcome to the Dance Science Podcast. I'm your host, the Dance Scientist, and the Dance Science Podcast intends to build connections and drive discussion on how we can improve our field and make dance science more normalized. Thank you for being here and please enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody, and thank you so much for being here with me today. Welcome to the Dance Science Podcast. I am your host, the Dance Scientist, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about learning styles and my favorite teaching tips. All right, we're going to get right into it. And the first thing I want to start with here is thinking about what does it mean to us to be an educator? I think it's important that we all take a step back, no matter what age group we teach, no matter what environment we teach in. I think it's important for all of us as educators to take a step back sometimes and to really think about what does it mean to you to be an educator, right? Kind of like your little personal statement. So my little line here is that being an educator means going on a constant journey of self-exploration and self-reflection. So really... My statement has led me to realize a lot of things over the years. The first thing is that not everybody learns the same way we do, right? Since we're talking about learning styles here, that's something that my personal statement has led me to is realizing that not all of my students learn the same way I do, right? And this is really the foundation of everything we do as dance educators because we're constantly communicating with our students, right? So really we need to be focusing on how we're communicating to our students. This is another reason why motor learning really cannot keep being ignored. I really don't see enough attention being given to motor learning and that's really what we're talking about here when we're talking about learning styles because it's actually under the heading of motor learning and then remember motor learning is under the large umbrella of dance science. So what exactly is motor learning? Well, if I were to define motor learning in really simple terms, I would describe it as that it's basically how we teach complex skills. Now remember, when we're talking about dance movements, basically all of their movements are considered complex because they go past normal human locomotor movement, okay? Think of the average person who's a non-dancer, okay? Do you think this person performs pirouettes, for example? No. But dancers perform pirouettes and they actually perform them repetitively, okay? So this is just a little small snippet into why motor learning is so important is because we're basically, as educators, we're constantly trying to teach complex movements, right? Because the movements go past normal human movement. When we're talking about learning styles, these are often referred to as multiple intelligences, which this was first brought to the surface by Howard Gardner, okay? And these include linguistic, logical and mathematical, spatial, musical, kinesthetic, interpersonal, and intrapersonal. Okay, so there's another thing that I want to toss into this conversation, and I really think it's going to make this conversation more purposeful and more intentional, okay? Now, you may be sitting there thinking, I know learning styles exist. This is common knowledge to me, right? Come on, like we're past this, right? Now, wait just one second, because actually the research is telling us that even though dance educators know that this is common knowledge, Actually, a lot of the teaching methods still being used are not always accommodating these learning styles. 
So what does that even mean? Well, one of the things that that means is that a lot of the pedagogical strategies still being used are not multi-layered enough, are not diverse enough, and are not broad enough for the wide amount of learning styles that we are going to see in our students, okay? So yes, half of the battle is knowing about learning styles and knowing that they exist, but at the end of the day, we really have to be actively applying it, right? Regardless of what environment we're in, regardless of what age we're teaching, right? It's something that we really need to be constantly, constantly checking in with. Continuing on with learning styles, I'd like to highlight something that really helped me on my personal journey. Something that really helped me is a course called Thinking with the Dancing Brain by NDEO. Okay, remember NDEO stands for National Dance Education Organization, and they have an online course platform, which is called Online Professional Development Institute. So this is an online course that you take, and this was taught by Dr. Rima Faber, who is actually the co-author of the book that is used, okay? The book that is used is called Thinking with the Dancing Brain, okay? This is located on my Amazon storefront if you'd like to take a look at it, because even if you're not able to take the class, I would recommend at least checking out the book on Amazon, okay? So it's called Thinking with the Dancing Brain. Now, there are a lot of reasons why I really, really enjoyed this course, okay? The chapters really go into brain function and the neurological physiology of how the human brain actually learns, okay? So the chapters go through things like observation, engagement, critical thought, memory, imagery, learning, problem solving, and 21st century skills, okay? So I really, really recommend this for dance educators, at least just purchasing the book if you can, or if you would like to take the class, I would also recommend taking the class. So just a little background as to why I think the course really, really helped me is because the first thing I think it did for me was really broaden the way that I think about how I learn because it really put me on this journey of figuring out, you know, how do I learn and what my preferences are. The second thing I think it did for me was really give me more tools and like strategies and ideas for how we can really broaden the way that we're cueing and the way that we're communicating. So it was just a really transformative course for me in my personal journey and I would really, really highly recommend it. Now, another important little nugget here is that we really are going to be teaching in a way that reflects our personal learning style, okay? And this circles back to how important it is for us to learn about how we learn because that's going to set us up to be more aware of why we cue and why we communicate the way that we do. So we really need to be constantly learning about our own preferences as a dance educator, we also need to be really constantly stretching our box, as I like to call it sometimes. Now we're gonna get into what my actual favorite teaching tips are that have really helped me to expand the way that I communicate in Q. The first thing we're gonna discuss is I like to think of things on a spectrum, okay? So the dance skill that I'm trying to teach, I like to think about it on a spectrum. So basically I ask myself, how many different ways can I teach this single movement. 
So this thought here and this strategy here really helps me to widen my strategies because like we said before, we're all going to be inclined to teach in a way that reflects our personal learning style, okay? So this little strategy makes sure that I'm staying wide and broad with the way that I communicate. The second tip kind of goes hand in hand with the first tip and that is to use multi-layered cues, okay? So this is really what the research is recommending because multi-layered cues are going to embed a wide range of learning styles, right? Again, this circles back to we're all going to be inclined to teach in our natural learning style. So it's important that we're challenging ourselves to really improve the way that we cue. A third strategy that has really helped me to feel more prepared is that sometimes when I'm lesson planning, I'll think about different scenarios in my head that could potentially happen in the dance classroom. Personally, this just makes me feel a little bit more at ease, feeling like I've kind of thought through a lot of these outcomes that could potentially happen in the class, right? So for example, I'll think, okay, what if Bob does X when I try to teach him a pirouette, for example, okay? And then I kind of flip-flop and I'm like, okay, what would my course of action be as the educator, right? How can I improve the way that he's learning that pirouette? And then I kind of flip-flop. I'm like, okay, if Bob did X, what if Melanie does Y when I try to teach her a pirouette, right? What could I do as the educator to try to really improve the way that I'm cueing? Okay, we're going to circle back to how we started this episode, which was talking about our own personal teaching statements, okay? When I talked about my teaching statement, I talked about really trying to keep my pedagogy fluid and flexible and not stuck and stagnant, okay? Now, one of the ways that I like to think about this is that we can really be constantly experimenting and trying new things, okay? So in the conversation of learning styles, okay, we can have this master plan in our heads, right? We can think, okay, today I'm going to use this. I'm going to teach this part of the pirouette. I'm going to do it like this. And I hope my result is going to be X, Y, and Z, right? Okay, it's nice to have that plan in your head, okay? But guess what? What if the plan doesn't go our way, right? Which happens, okay? Because the learning process itself is not supposed to be 100% neat and it's not supposed to be 100% perfect. It's actually supposed to have mistakes and bumps along the way, okay? So we as educators need to be aware that even some of our own strategies are not going to work with all of the dancers in the classroom, okay? Just in regarding to how they learn and how they process, okay? But guess what? Even if it's not working out with some of the students in the classroom, guess what? That's still data for us as educators, okay? You store that into your folder because that is data, okay? You just learned more about that dancer, right? You just learned more about how they learn and process, and now that will inform you the next time you lesson plan, okay? And you can sort of adjust things, okay? And you can try a different way of explaining it to that dancer, okay? So it's constantly going back and it's constantly checking and it's also reflecting, okay? Reflecting on what worked, what didn't work, and what can I do better next time, right? Because we are not perfect and we are not here to be perfect. All right, so if you enjoyed this conversation today, now 
it really should interest us because motor learning underlies every single thing we do as dance educators, okay? Think about chunking. Think about cognitive load. Think about teaching beginners. Think about teaching advanced learners. What about learning styles? What about cueing? What about feedback? Transfer. Modeling and demonstrating. Mistakes. Repetition. Feedback, right? Well, doesn't this just sound like all of the ways that we teach and communicate? Yes, because it is, okay? So that is motor learning. And it really should be at the top of our list as dance educators, okay? So I want to bring to your attention two low-tiered options for learning more about this amazing topic. First, I have a printable for purchase on my website. It's called Motor Learning 101, and you get over 40 evidence-based teaching tips for $5.99, okay? Also, keep in mind that I'm constantly running sales on my Instagram stories and on my email newsletter. So remember, I'm constantly running sales, okay? I also recently launched a mini course on motor learning, and it's just called the Motor Learning Course, okay? This can also be found on my website, and then my website will take you to a direct link to the actual landing page on Kajabi so that you can learn about all the little details, okay? That motor learning mini course is only an hour of content, okay, for $19, okay? So these are two low-tiered options, okay? But again, you are getting much more detailed information than we're going to be talking about here. So I wanted to bring those to your attention. Another teaching tip that I've seen in research studies is to broaden the types of resources we're using with our students. We're going to get into what this means and how to actually do this. So what this means is having the awareness that not all of our dancers learn the way that we learn, which is something we have covered here, okay? But it goes a little bit deeper than that, okay? So for me as a visual learner, I know that skeleton models are a resource that really, really help me and they enhance my learning because I'm able to visualize the concept in a more 3D way, right? So I have the awareness that skeleton models help me because I know what type of learning style I am. Now, on the flip side of the coin, I know that not all of my dancers learn the way that I learn. So some of them will have success with the skeleton model like I did, and some of them will not have success with that. So it's important that I'm constantly trying to broaden both my cues and the resources that I use. All right, friends, it's time for a little wrap up. So first we talked about what does it mean to be an educator to you, right? And this is something that I'm constantly asking myself is what does that even mean? Then we got into what learning styles are and the fact that they're underneath the heading of motor learning. Then we got into a course that has really helped me on my personal journey, which is called Thinking with the Dancing Brain. We got into the fact that we're all going to teach in a way that reflects our personal learning style. Then we finish with some teaching tips that have really, really helped me to become a more effective communicator. We wrapped it up by talking about the fact that I do offer a printable on my website currently called Motor Learning 101, where you can learn more about this topic. Thank you for being here today on this episode of the Dance Science Podcast. I'm your host, the Dance Scientist, and if you really enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review, 
leave a rating, or also shoot me a DM on Instagram. Thank you for being here again, and I look forward to seeing you in our next episode.